The views and opinions expressed on Lifeguards Off-Duty are those of its hosts and guests exclusively. They do not represent any entity, organization, or municipality. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Michael Kachmar. I'm Tyler. And I'm Sean. And this is Lifeguards Off-Duty with Dr. Michael Kachmar, the Jersey Shore number one lifeguard-themed video podcast. Watch us on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook Live. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever streaming service you prefer. If you would like to contact us, send an email to drkatchmar at icloud.com. Follow us on Instagram at lg.association. All right, let's get started. Let's start the show. Let's do it. Windows open. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. <laughs> Michael Kachmar. Welcome to Lifeguards Off Duty. Today's date is February 28th, the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm impressed by how quickly you snap into character. Yeah. It's like, bang. <laughs> so we have, um, we have our, see, now we've changed the cameras around. So we have Tyler. How's Sandra. everyone doing today? And let me see if I got the right camera here. We have Sean. Ooh, hey, guys. Good. Well done. And we have a guest today. Uh, who wants to introduce our guest? Trish uh, want to lift her camera up a little bit? She, no, you don't do okay. it. <laughs> just, just a little bit technical here. We have Trish DeVoe with us today. Uh, she is a volunteer with the Marine Mammal Stranding Center and a naturalist for Miss Belmar, a whale-watching charter. Cashmore, I can't get this. You gotta be okay. Don't worry about it. Fine. Oh, no, it's not. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, you, you turned it. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. There you go. Great. So, go ahead. Anyway, Sean, back, to, back to what you were saying. So go ahead, Sean. I had a joke lined up. I was going to ask if that makes you Miss Belmar, but it got the, the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> the royal Miss Belmar, or maybe the Miss Belmar princess. Is that is that the name of the boat or just the, the company? Yes. Yeah, so the, uh, the company has two boats. There's the royal Miss Belmar and the Miss Belmar princess. And what is the, the whale watching charter season in New Jersey? So usually we begin around the end of March. It depends. We wait to see when the whales really start coming back into the area, anywhere around the end of March, early April. And then it runs until um, about November, really peak in the summer and in the fall is really the peak season. I, I heard this year was an ex like a lot of whales more than ever this summer. Yes, we really did have a, a great year this year. Um, we had consistent sightings nearly on every trip. You know, so we really did see a lot of whales. We added a lot of whales into the humpback whale catalog, and um, it was a great season, really great season. Um, yeah, the the Miss Belmar says it's something about like ninety percent chance of seeing whales every time, one to five whales at least. It, um, it sounds really exciting. It's very exciting. You Never see, gets old. Have a great time. Amazing. You see anything else besides whales? Uh, sure, of course. What else do you see out there? Tell so me. So we see, well, we see a lot of the things that you see off the beach. You know, we see skates and we see giant schools of bunker fish, Atlantic Menhaden. Uh, sometimes we. Corpus, uh, right? Yes, we see uh, bottlenose dolphins. Um, we see, sometimes we see sharks. Uh, Are sometimes, you. Uh, what else do we see? Giant sunfish. Yeah, have you seen sunfish? I haven't seen one in a yeah. long, long time. We saw we saw a really large one this year. Like how big? Oh my gosh, <laughs> there, I don't know how to estimate. Very there, big, like there, bigger than this table. Holy yeah. shit! Yes, really? very large. Yes. Yeah, they're 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 like a um, they could be like a size of a stove. They're actually, you know, long like they're, they're and kind of thin. You know, I actually hit one with my boat once, 
I didn't, I, I, I didn't do it purposely. I was at the Barnegat Ridge, which is a low area, and there was all kinds of uh, bluefin tuna up there. And we were finished fishing, and we took off, and I uh, got up on plane. And when you're, I, you know, I had a big fishing boat, and when you get up on plane, there's this little bit of time where you can't see in front of you. But there's nobody out there. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't, there's no boats, and I had radar and everything. And all of a sudden, bang, and I hit something. Yeah, and, and my father, he goes, you killed him! You know, like, <laughs> he thought it was some guy, you know? And uh, what it was, and I saw the blood, I felt so bad. I went back, but, you know, I didn't see it. And it's just, you know, one of those things I felt. It's like hitting a squirrel, you know? You feel, I feel, I felt terrible. There's nothing I could do. And so, every, so what I, I learned from that, I never got off plane on the ridge anymore. So what I did is I, what I did is when I went, and I ever went back there, it's about, it's about uh, 14 miles out. And it's, this, it's a, two plateaus out there. I don't know if you've ever been out to the Barnegat Ridge, but that's where, you know, there, there could be fish. But it's a long ride for you guys. Yeah. So then I just never, you know, I took it real slow mm-hmm. getting because there's a lot of fish there. They, they, what happens is it upwells, and then so it tracks a lot of fish. Right, right. So that's pretty neat. And uh, you guys don't bird watch at all? No? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, a lot of birders, what we call birders, um, like to come on the boat. Mm-hmm. They're not as interested in the whales, but we do mm-hmm. see a lot of the pelagic birds. Yeah. So what, I'm not what, very well versed in the birds at all, though. Like, what birds would you see out there? Okay, so we we see. Um, oh my gosh! Put you on the pelicans, spot. pelicans, Sorry, pelicans. We d- definitely see pelicans. Pelicans. We see, um, um, Ospreys. A, we see osprey, and then there's yeah. another one. Um, oh my god, gannets and bald eagles. All the way out there. Yeah, we see bald eagles. Oh, wow. right the yeah, they go yeah, fishing you know, out there. You know what? We often see them yeah, leaving the river. We see them leaving the river um, by the Coast Guard station. Oftentimes, they're up on the radio tower. So we see bald eagles there often. There's actually a bald eagle nest off of, uh, what's the road, uh, going, the um, uh, what bridge is it? Not the, not the one before um, uh, Manilokan Bridge. You know where the Manilokan Bridge oh, is? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. So there's a marina right on the other side, and mm-hmm. you go there, there's a bald eagle right there. There's a couple of them in our area. So they'll probably go out there fishing, you know, so. So we, we brought Trish on today to talk about whales, but in a, in a different way today. We want to just talk about how they are an important part of New, uh, New Jersey, uh, East Coast ecosystem. Uh, so you, do you personally, like, is whales watching something that you enjoy, like as just whales or just fish in general? Like why, why are why whales? <laughs> whales are amazing. <laughs> I just I love whales. I love dolphins. Um, they're just such intelligent, beautiful mammals. And you know, to be able to be on a whale watching boat and to to share my knowledge about the humpback whales and the dolphins is just it's just such a blessing. I I, I absolutely love it. It's so exciting. Um. We didn't. I don't think we said it, but uh, Trish is the mother of Nico DeVoe. We had him on the show earlier uh, this year. She actually had a great uh, monologue going with it. Well, <laughs> she was on the phone. I don't know if anyone remembers that. I'm sure Nico remembers. Nico remembers <laughs> for sure. So, so Trish, let me ask you: when you do these, um, when you do these things, how many people are on the boat usually? How big is? How, what can they carry? How many people could go out? So, I believe the royal, um, the royal holds about 125 passengers. We don't like to overfill the boat, you know, so usually we'll go with about 100 or so. So wow. we'll have plenty of room to move around. How big mm-hmm. is the boat? Uh, it's 125 feet, I think. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you guys go out every day? or 115, is it, maybe. You guys go out every day or is it, you know? 
Yes, in the peak season, yes, we go. We start out on the weekends, um, you know, in the, in the spring because kids are still in school. But once uh, the summer comes, kids are out of school, we go every day, wow. about two trips a day. Yes. Wow, that's yeah. pretty good. What, yeah. what, what species can people expect to see uh, on the charter? So that's a great question. Um, most often we see humpback whales, Megaterra novangeli, for the science people, <laughs> <laughs> which means big wing New England. That's the scientific name for humpback whales. We also see on occasion finback whales, fin whales, minke whales, and of course bottlenose dolphins, which you may uh, know are, are actually whales. Dolphins mm-hmm. are actually whales. They're the tooth whales. And killer whales, right? Uh, we don't see killer whales. No, but they're, they're also dolphins. Yes, correct. Kill, killer whales are dolphins, correct. And dolphins are whales. So, so Trish, let me ask you this. The, you know, we were, we were, before you came in here, we were talking about this. So the whales are washing up now. But what, when, I thought in the wintertime they're, they're south. And in the summer they come back up to the north. So why are they around even now? So what's their migration pattern? Or right. some stick around, some don't? Like yeah. the... Like the um, Geese, you know, like most of them go south, but some stay, you know, uh, here. So what, what's the deal? Like we're generally speaking, you know, what's their season? Right. So, so humpback whales are a migratory species and they, um, their breeding and calving grounds are in the Caribbean and there, and that season is from about December to about March or April. So they come, they travel north to the feeding grounds and they get here around March and during the feeding season, March to November. And, um, but actually it's very interesting because the Jersey shore is not one of the main feeding grounds for humpback whales. So the main feeding grounds are the Gulf of Maine, Canada, Greenland, Iceland, and Norway. In the summertime. Correct. The feeding season runs in the summer, spring to summer. So the whales migrate from the Caribbean, from the warmer waters into the main feeding grounds. Right. But what we're seeing is a lot of the humpback whales are staying in our area in the Jersey Shore, which is probably now like a supplemental feeding ground because they'll stay in our area on average for 37 days, some even longer. So the whales are here feeding. You guys know from being on the beach, all the menhaden that we have, that's what they feed on. And then um, a lot of them will continue on to the feeding grounds that they belong to. But we see that a lot of the younger whales, most of the whales that we see here during the season are younger. They're juveniles or sub-adult whales. And so researchers think one reason why they're staying in the Jersey Shore, well, of course, because we have an abundance of bait fish for them. Mm -hmm. And they think another reason is because they don't have the competition of the larger whales on the feeding grounds. So that, that may be one reason why they're here, because they have much more space. You know, they're not competing with the larger are whales. Are they seeing, so if that, so if two things, you know, when I go down to British Virgin Islands, and you would say the Caribbean, that is the Caribbean, there's a place called Brewer's Bay. Mm-hmm. And in December, January, there's one, Brewer's Bay is very, very deep. It's one of the uh, uh, bay estuaries there that's like, I don't know, 100 feet down. And everybody goes there to watch the whales, you mm-hmm. know, so I know that for sure. But if that's the case, they're staying here, is New Jersey one of the only places or is it cascading down to Delaware and I mean are they migrating up is more whales staying in the whole east coast because Caribbean goes pretty far south so I mean do you see uh, that anybody would you say that they're they're staying in New Jersey more because just because the climate's getting warmer as we go so well we think that they're staying in Jersey more because one we have the abundance of fish Mm And, um, and maybe it is becoming a supplemental feeding ground. There is um, some research indicating that the prey in the Gulf of Maine is changing and so that the whales maybe prefer the fish, the Atlantic menhaden here. So that could be the waters um, up in the Gulf of Maine are warming very quickly. And so they think that might have something to do with it. 
why the whales are staying here. But what we noticed is, um, but typically, whether they stay in Jersey or go on to the feeding grounds, the northern feeding grounds, they will migrate south again to, you know, in the winter months to go back down to the breeding and calving grounds. So they, that's so the hump, that's the humpback. The humpback. So right. normally under normal circumstances, they'd be out of here by now. Correct. Okay. That's, that's right. But what we see is that the whales that tend to hang around in the winter time are younger whales. And we believe that that is because they're too young to, um, they're too young to breed. So it doesn't make sense for them to spend all that energy going way down to the, um, you know, to the warmer waters mm. if they're not breeding. So they kind of stay in this area. And that kind of just... And also Virginia, too, mm-hmm. as well. And this kind of just explains why a lot of the whales washing up are juveniles. Exactly. Because they're the ones right but, here. But exactly. let me let me ask you this, Trish, not to put you on the spot. So if that's the case, first of all, I, I met, you know, the Manhattan, which is, you know, your mac, uh, your um, uh, uh, bait fish, it, there was a late season. You know, I, I noticed that they were, they were going all summer long and then really late... So I could see the whales hanging around, but I don't. Is, is there now? Is there bait fish now? May, may, you know, uh, Manhattan, Manhattan. How do you pronounce it? Manhattan. Manhattan. I call it yeah, bait fish. I right, right. But bunker. I don't I call bunker. It bunker. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think they're there. Yeah, I don't now, see them I now. Have, I have no idea what fish we've been talking about. No, no. You just said but, but Trish, so why? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, those but what, what are they eating now, though? What are they eat? They're around here. Like what are they eating? Like cod fish and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, stripers. Like what's around? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I think we still have Atlantic menhaden around. Um, I know they also, I don't know if we have sand eels here, but um, but it's, you know, in the in the breeding season, so they don't really eat that much anyway. So actually, if a whale was migrating, they come up to the feeding grounds, they'll feed for that about eight months. And on their way back to the breeding and calving grounds, they eat very little. And when they're at the calving grounds, they don't eat at all. So they'll go a good three, four months without eating. So oh, even okay. even a female will give, she'll give birth to her calf and nurse her calf and not eat again until she gets up to the feeding grounds. Oh, okay. So even though they're feeding, they're not like they're not doing massive right. feedings like they do during the right. feeding season. Right. Can you? So their eating pattern doesn't really even have to change much by staying up here because they're not going to be eating much anyway. So it's like inconsequential if there's less bait. Right. Okay. Can you just? Describe how we would know a whale's <coughs> feeding, like from <coughs> a distance, if we can even see that. Oh, sure. Well, you sometimes they do subsurface feeding, so you can't you can't obviously see it from above the surface. But one of our favorite behaviors is when they lunge feed, and that's when the whale comes up from underneath the surface. Like they'll come up right in the middle of a school of fish with their mouths wide <coughs> open, and they grab. And I have some pictures of that, a, and they get a huge that? mouthful of um, of Atlantic menhaden. <coughs> So, and you can see, like, I love the pictures where you can see the fish that got away on the sides of their mouth. and Just pouring out? Yeah. And that, so, well, that's uh, tail throwing. So, usually they just bask uh, the schools, like, chase them to the surface? Is that? Yeah, they, they too, they can go in the center of a school. We, sometimes we can predict where, where a whale will lunge because as we're watching the whale, we see the surface starts <laughs> bubbling. Like, if you see the splashing, which you probably see from the beach, the mm-hmm. Atlantic menhaden kind of jumping, trying to get away, we're like, look over there, or where the birds are, because the birds are waiting to get the leftovers from the whale, and that's usually where the whale will surface with its mouth open and get a big mouthful of fish. And this does happen pretty close to shore sometimes, as you can see from the beach. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Is this what we're looking for? Right yes, here? so that's that's a picture of lunch feeding right there. Wow. That's two, two whales, right? Yes. Okay. Those are two whales, and... Uh, what you see there is the upper jaw, and you can see the baleen plates hanging down. 
on the which side. Which are like, so the, do you want to show us on hair like fibers, correct? Right, correct. So here's my little model that I use on the boat. Um, right, so the there's about 400 baleen plates hanging from the upper What do you jaw. call them? What do you call them? Baleen. Oh, baleen. Yeah, okay. they're baleen plates. So, so what I see and what I think a lot of people see when they when you say this and talk about it is uh, the Finding Nemo uh, part where they're stuck in, in the whale's mouth. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, we hear that a lot. We hear that a lot. Um, and the baleen is actually made out of keratin, which is the same material that your hair and nails are made out of. So it's kind of like a rigid, and it has hair-like fibers along the side. So actually whales, um, although some people think maybe you can get swallowed or eaten by a humpback whale, it's actually physically impossible. Because really? they're soft, yes. Because although their mouth and s is so big, their esophagus is only about, um, about eight inches in diameter. So the size of like a big cantaloupe. So they can't swallow you. Oh you, you can get stuck in the mouth if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, but they can't swallow you. Wow. Now, I, I thought the baleen plates were specific to like uh, filter feeding whales. Yes, well, it's, it's a type of filter feeding because what they do is they, they don't have teeth. They have the baleen plates instead. And when they take a big gulp of fish, they obviously get ocean water in their mouth as well. And the hair-like fibers along the side will filter out the water, okay. and the fish get trapped inside. So they just swallow the fish, and all the water comes out through the sides, through the hairs of the baleen plate. It's like a filter. Correct, <coughs> yes. Yeah. Like a mm -hmm. sponge, yeah. Yeah. I saw, yeah. I saw the pictures of the, the whales on the beach, and the, yeah, the, the inner mouth, the teeth, the baleen plates, like, f fold and flop when, they're, when their mouths are open on the, the beach. It is just hair, right? It looks... It looks yeah, insane. it's like, you know, it's... it's. Um, I actually have a sample on the boat, but I, I didn't bring it with me tonight. Um, but it actually looks kind of like, like horse hair. Mm -hmm. And they can, be, they can be pretty long. So y they're all very, very close. There's about 400, so they're mm -hmm. really tight together. And the hairs make kind of like, um, like a strainer. But yeah, it's, it's, it looks a lot like horse hair. Kind of coarse, like a horse's tail. You know, like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. So, so here's. So let me ask you this. So, you know, when it, when the bunker are going down, I know that there's big blue fish and yeah. and uh, and stripers. So, do these whales eat that too? I mean, they, how are they going to differentiate that? I mean, well, I mean, I imagine you know? sometimes they get larger fish by accident, but usually they're they're in they're going for a big school of fish, so they kind of go up in the middle. I wonder, know, if they, like I wonder if they eat them by, you know, or they, they yeah, don't eat them. Could a whale, like, choke on, like, too big a fish? Hmm. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the whale would probably spit it out. Okay. I think that's what would happen. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I'm sure there's been a, an unfortunate bluefish that ended up in the mouth <laughs> well, of a whale. Well, but well, I heard, wait, I heard, I heard whale vomit is a valuable material. Oh, yes. They don't make they perfume out of mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Well, what's the, here's, you know, what's the old joke? What's the lowest thing in the ocean? Whale shit. Well, yeah, uh, whale poop. But what's one of the most important things in the ocean? Why uh, whale shit? Whale poop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it good actually transition cash more. So, so let's let's transition to this part because you know um, it's obvious why we're talking about these whales. There's like a big issue with how many of them have been popping up, but uh, to think the conversation uh, has like in the in the mainstream strayed from what really matters, and that's the whales themselves and why they are so special. So. Why is it that they are so important in the environment locally? Right. So whales actually play a very key role in keeping our oceans clean and actually keeping our, our atmosphere clean as well. So whales are at the top of the food chain. And as I mentioned, um, whale poo is actually very important because 
when the whales feed, they also obviously, you know, mm -hmm. defecate, right? They, they poo in the ocean. And whale feces is very, very rich in iron and other nutrients, which promotes phytoplankton blooms. So phytoplankton blooms provide nourishment for zooplankton and then other fish. So it, it feeds the ocean, the marine life in the ocean. But phytoplankton blooms also produce 50% of the oxygen that we have. And it also removes 40% of the CO2 out of our atmosphere. Oh, wow. So it plays a very, yeah, it plays a very key role. I mean, it's the equivalent. Um, well, okay, so, and, and another thing that um, humpback whales do is they hold a lot of CO2 in their bodies. So they're very massive, and they hold about 30, on average, 33 tons of CO2 per great whale mm. in their bodies. So when they die and they sink to the bottom of the ocean floor, they take that carbon with them. Uh, and and it stays there for centuries, so it's actually right. removing carbon dioxide right. from our atmosphere as well. Right. That's about how much Taylor Swift's uh, airplane uh, kicks out a year, <laughs> about 30 tons of carbon. You, Let me you know, it's actually the equivalent <laughs> of four Amazon rainforests, or 1.7 trillion trees, the amount of carbon that a whale will take out One of One whale? Yes. That, I can't even... Compute that. That's insane. No, what? No, um, like whales in general, not okay. one whale. One uh, whale takes okay. about thirty-three tons. Okay. But cumulatively, the great whales yeah. take that, that much out. That just goes to show how interconnected it all is. Like, it's not just the Amazon that's important. Just like it's not just the the health of the ocean that's important. Exactly. It's such a delicate balance. And when you start messing with that, like even when it, I wanted to ask you about like the barnacles on the and like what role that plays. So that's that's very interesting. Um, the barnacles on the humpback whale, I forget the exact name, but they're particular to humpback whales. Okay. So they live only on humpback whales. <laughs> and they actually, um, the, they'll leave scars on the whales. So the whales, that's one of the reasons why we think that whales breach, because they can be carried like hundreds of pounds of barnacles on their body. Yeah, wait, so, so the, they don't breach for fishing. They, that's primarily for barnacles or some other reason so we think it's one to remove the barnacles because when they slam on the wa surface of the water it dislodges the barnacles comes off and they need to keep their skin very hydrodynamic it has to be very smooth so that they can be efficient mm -hmm. you know swimming in the ocean and we think too it gets it can get uncomfortable if they have too many so they you know they'll breach to get to clean their slough their body you know are, exfoliate their skin are they known to show like show behavior where they help each other get it off by like rubbing or Oh, that's a good question. You know, I know dolphins do behaviors like that. Um, not sure about the humpback whales because humpback whales, um, once they leave their mothers, they're pretty much solitary, so they don't travel in big family pods. But they, they do um, interact with other whales, so it's it's possible that they do that. I mean, I know that they also breach to communicate with other whales. They call them transient pods, right? The loners, I believe. Right. Well, they well humpback whales generally um, are remain um, on their own after they leave their mothers. So, but they do all. Uh, every humpback whale would return to the same um, feeding ground that its uh -huh. mother belonged to. So each feeding ground is like an a, an individual population, a genetically diverse population. But um, but they don't really stay like they won't stay with um, mates or with other whales like for life. They kind of they, they they'll be transient. They'll come and go. And sometimes we see a whale hook up with one or two other whales for a day or a couple of days or even a couple hours, and they move on. You so they don't have those tight social bonds so like yeah. a dolphin. Do, do you? So you? you how long have you been doing this for? Uh, I think three three or four years now. So do you do you 
are, are these whales tagged at all? Like, can you, do you, like, do you have whales that you identify and you say, oh, that's Mary and she's back again? Like, do you have, do you can, recognize yeah. whales? Yes, yeah, we, we definitely can recognize individual whales. Um, we don't tag whales like some other um, animals, but what we do is we identify them by the tail flukes. So the bottom of... Um, can you pull a tail fluke up? Yeah, pull uh, up the tail fluke. I have a tail fluke of squirt. Um, the underside of the tail flukes has a, an individual pattern that's different to each whale. It's much like a human fingerprint. There it is. Yeah, so there you go. So that's squirt. So I can recognize squirt right away. You see those little dots on the top, the circles? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and it's mostly white. It's actually a beautiful, beautiful tail fluke. That's of a calf that came into our waters um, in 2021. With his, He first appeared with his mother, and which is very unusual. Can you name them? Yeah, we're starting to name them. Yes, we're squirt, well, squirt, squirt. Actually, name. scientifically, they don't they don't have names. They have numbers, and that calf is um, New York City zero two two six. That's way more boring than squirt. I know. So we like squirt. <laughs> <laughs> and so you see that pattern. Each humpback whale has a different pattern. Some of them are mostly black. Any combination of black and white with different markings in it. And so we use those to identify individuals. And we can also use the um, dorsal fin. But that's a little bit more difficult. Each dorsal fin has a different shape as well. Trish, I want one other question. How, how, where do you find these? Like, no, normally, are they, are they like a mile out? Is there a general area or 10 miles out? Or, I mean, we see them, you know, when we see them, they're close. But where's majority of time are they at? Are they, do they hang out in one area or just they follow the bait or... Like yeah, what's, they, what's the deal? Anywhere? They could be anywhere? Yeah, they can be anywhere. Um, they definitely follow the bait, so we look for that. Um, but usually, generally, we see them relatively close to shore, within one to three miles of shore. Okay. You know, um, sometimes, as you see, like, from working on the beach, like, mm -hmm. sometimes very cl even closer than that. But we, uh, we have to look for them every day. They don't necessarily stay in one particular place, you know, but um, we're just out there looking, and we have, like, a network you know, that lets us know, like other fishing captains and stuff will let us know if they see the whales. So, so how many, you know, so you have the names, how many uh, uh, individuals are there in this area, like for the summer? Is there, is there like a population of 20, 30, uh, you know, yeah. just three, or does it change? You know, it's like the, you got five in one week and then another five the next week. Like, how does that all? Yeah, it's, it's very, very fluid. It, it always changes. I mean, I know that, in the New York City humpback whale catalog that's been cataloging whales in our area since 2011, um, we have um, up to, we're up to 300 whales now. So those are 300 oh, wow. individuals that have come into our waters, and some just come one year and never come back. Some have been coming back for like up to 10 years in a row now. Like there's a whale, Jerry, that's been coming for 10 years in a row. Wow. Um, this little guy, Squirt, he came with his mom. They spent the summer, and we watched the mom. I have pictures of the mother teaching the whale how to lunge feed, and I had the whale breaching, and we didn't know if we would ever see him again. And he came back the following year, which was last year, this season. We saw Squirt many times, and we hope that he'll come back again. But we, we have 300 in the catalog that we've identified, but there's not really any way to tell. I think there's much more in our area, but... If they're, if they're further out, correct. You know, mm -hmm. we just may not be seeing them, but we've identified 300. You said it was weird that Squirt came with his, his mom. Is yes. what, what is that behavior? Why is that weird? So it's, it's, well, it's unusual because we don't usually see a mother and calf pair. I guess normally the mothers with their calves will go all the way to their main feeding ground. So since the Jersey Shore is not really a feeding ground, we don't have moms and, and calves stopping in this area. But she did stop with her calf, this squirt there, and they stayed for about three weeks. So that was really a lot of fun to see them 
to watch just watch them interact and and about how big it was squirt when this picture was taken so squirt so that picture was taken this year so he's probably about let's see there um he's probably around 20 feet maybe 25 feet um how many tons would he weigh Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the it's ones to be asking. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I have to do my math. He's probably maybe two, um, three. What do you think? No, no, they're um, more than that. Yeah, they're definitely more than that. Now, is he still considered a juvenile? Yes, At definitely. That, still how, how long does it take these whales to get to full? Full, right? Full so they mature. Um, well, it's probably about ten or twelve years. Wow, really? Yeah. That long? Yeah. Is that before they breathe? Yes. Wow, it's a long time. Yeah, I'm thinking they're like puppies. If I like, no, they got two they, years. They're like, they and what's their, <laughs> and what's their longevity? Yes, they have a very long lifespan. They they live um, upwards of seventy years. Some wow. some researchers think they live even longer to ninety years or more. And wow. that that's like just something that makes this whole situation that's going along tragic because the juveniles are the ones dying. So this issue is like a reflection of something happening like ninety years from now. Right. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's I didn't think about. So, it so Trish. So let's get. Let, so let me ask you this. Um, you know, I've been here on the Jersey Shore for thirty years longer. I don't remember. And again, it th- doesn't mean it didn't happen. But I don't remember ever any whales coming up on the beach in the summertime. I mean, the wintertime. Even in the summertime, maybe one. I've seen them out there because I used to fish a lot. I used to fish twice a week. Go out to the you know thirty miles out and. You know, you go out to the, there's a riser wreck, you know, and you'd see a dead whale out there. So, I mean, I've seen them. Right. And the sharks usually eat them. The, the carcass floats around. So, it's not unusual. So, my question is, number one is, it, you know, there's always a whole bunch of, there may be a population of dead whales floating around all the time. Yeah. But you would think that, I don't, I don't know if the, you know, so is that, is there more dead whales now? Or is it just that the whales that been always dying are just coming up on shore? And, you know, or so is there a difference? I mean, I've never seen that. I mean, we would think that over the 30 years, they would have floated up. The weather patterns and the, right. and the currents, I don't think, changed that much. Yeah. So anyway, I was just, so you never, this is the amount this year, is that unusual? Uh, yeah, the, the amount this year is, is extremely high. It's, I mean, we're up to, um, actually yesterday was 10. 10 whales in the New York, New Jersey area. In what so ha, what time frame? In, in less than three months, since December. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was, um, so let's see, around Valentine's Day, that whale was number seven for New Jersey. And there was um, two in New York. And now this one that washed up in Sandy Hook, so that'll be eight for New Jersey. And so that's that's very, very high. And it's up to 24 along the entire East Coast. So we, we you know, you're absolutely right, Um that it's not normal. We don't. We've never really seen this many humpback whales washing ashore dead. And there's actually um, what NOAA um, calls a an unusual mortality event that's currently happening with humpback whales. And NOAA, but the, what does the acronym stand for? Right, the um, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And this is. This is un- an unprecedented amount of deaths? Yes, it's very, um, it's an unusual mortality event, which mm-hmm. is when a, a, an unexpected and significant portion of a marine mammal population dies. And it demands um, an investigation. So this has been going on, The uh, they call it a UME, unusual mortality event. It started in 2016 for humpback whales, um, but it's 
really this year where that the the mortalities are showing up on our shores more so than the, than the previous four or five years. So you, this isn't related to what happened, or is related maybe to what happened, or we don't know what is the 2016 event is its own thing or is it connected do we know well it's continuous okay. so from 2016 they've been seeing higher than expected amounts of humpback whales dying and they've been investigating it now we're seeing it you know um here in our waters like the average is even less than seven a year and we've had eight already in in we're, we're only two months into two the months. year so it's it's very concerning um in addition we're also having a lot of dolphin strandings you know and there's just been four recently Five actually. One just uh, stranded in Avalon yesterday. I would like. I wasn't even aware about the dolphins. Yeah, there was. Um, it, it was really sad. It was actually. like two or three at one point, right? Right. There was three that were um, caught up in Sandy Hook, um, and they they were trapped at the low tide, and they were they they died. And then a few days later, another dolphin was found up there, and they think that it was connect related with those four, like it was with those original three, uh-huh. but just got separated and died a few days later. And now one just washed up yesterday in Avalon. So, so that's s- five, actually, five dolphins. In yeah, we, we've had times where, I mean, I don't know how many, seven, eight years ago, we had like a whole bunch of dolphins. Remember they, they washed up on shore oh, in yeah. the summer? But let me ask you this: Is it is it is it what's the um, in our area? Uh, you know, I guess the East Coast going down to Crimean. What is the uh, estimated count of humpback whales, and has it increased? Because in other words, may, maybe there's more strandings because you know there's uh, the population might be higher, right? Yeah. Or, or is it or is it or is it you know not? I mean, do they, do they have any idea? Like, is there a way to gauge that you or know, no? That's a really good question. Um, I actually would have to look up the the population n- amounts like along, along the east coast, um, of the humpback whales, but you know I do know that currently, like in the winter months, we definitely have less whales than we do in the summer. Like this is not our prime season. Like if right, people yeah. go whale watching in Alaska, I mean, if we had a lot of humpback whales here, we would be out there whale watching. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, the majority of our whales are down in the breeding and calving grounds. It's just the younger ones here. So, mm-hmm. but there, I mean, the population ha- it's it's very healthy. I think, I think it's around. Um, I'm thinking twenty thousand, but I would really have to check that of mm-hmm. the humpback whales on the east coast. Yeah. Well. It's so they, they 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 these whales that that floated up they there's really no way for them to I mean it, uh, is there has anybody come up with any answers I know they're doing oh I guess we would call it net, not, not, uh, what kind of autopsy necropsy, necropsy. necropsy yeah. they have they have no uh, nobody's found any evidence yet of any anything like a virus or you know something that I heard is that by the time that it gets to the place where they do necropsies the whales are so deteriorated that it's hard to do studies I don't know if that's true or not. Yes, that, that, that is often the case. Um, they decompose relatively quickly, so oftentimes by the time they wash ashore, they're too far decomposed to do um, you know, really um, deep analysis you know, of the tissues and things like that. But the, um, the results that we have so far, the conclusive results have been for um, about half of the whales were a vessel strike. And you can clearly see the bruising like in the tissue and the muscle layers. You can see bruising. I don't know if it's determined whether they were struck while they were alive and then died or if they were dead and then got struck. That That's one question that needs to be looked at. And we don't know the other. So 
about 50% of the necropsies indicate vessel strike was the cause of death. The other 50%, they're not really sure. So we are, you know, there's still, there's tissue samples there being studied. Um, a lot of people um, want the inner ear to be looked at, but that's like a almost impossible yeah, to do yeah, because like yeah. you said, of the decomposition. So it's, it's really complicated to, um, to actually uh, definitively determine now, the cause well, of I death. Got, I got a study for you then. Here, you guys are going to do the study. Uh, and the study the, is, the joke. no, 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 <laughs> it's no joke. No, so, so I, I, you know, we have the, you have New York City, which is one of the biggest ports in the whole world. And you have the shipping lanes, which are eight miles out. And these tankers, right, they're huge. But they actually have new technology now. And they have this ball in the front that knocks down the wave. There's like no uh, wash in the back. I mean, no it's wake. A, no wake. And they're fast. They're doing 25, 27 knots, which is about, you know, it, like it's like tw- miles an hour, 25 right? to 30 miles an hour. They're flying. And, you know, so, uh, and I wonder if, you know, uh, again, just throwing things out, that'd be an interesting study, you know, if I was a biologist. If to they, try. You're saying that, like, the no wake is a... The no, no, ma- ma- maybe these whales, are, well, first of all, whales could be injured. The boat I could mean, be more they, quiet they, as they, a result they, of that. In other words, is there more traffic? Like, lately, say we had this c- coronavirus and everything slowed down, there wasn't a lot of ships, maybe, to, you know, and then now all of a sudden there's more. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it. I'm just throwing it out that I wonder, you know, it, like you said, if half of them are boat strikes, then, but you still don't know if they were dead already and got hit. But I could tell you, those things could sneak up on you real fast. I wonder if the boat traffic, you know, maybe it's increased now. And uh, just, you know, asking. That's well, well, that's that's a really interesting um, point that you bring up because, um, Noah, I believe that it's – I. Th- believe it's a law where they um the vessels have to slow down to less to 10 knots or less um in the shipping channels because this um the north atlantic right whale which is the most critically endangered right. a- animal on, right now on our planet um migrates right through those um shipping channels mm. so there's a law where the vessels have to slow down because they know that if they're going 15 knots or higher that's where mortality will take place like at mm. that speed but if they're going slower 10 knots or less most yeah. most of the whales will yeah. su- survive any type of strike the, if they're not going that fast well i could tell you from my experience that the separation for the for the ship lane going into new york harbor is probably a, a maybe uh i don't know maybe point pleasant off of point pleasant eight miles out there's a buoy out there a big one and you know it's and you could see it so that's probably where they have it. So that, but after that, you know, they they could go wherever they want. So, but that's interesting. I didn't know they had to slow down. They, that's that's that would help. Yeah, there's a big separation marker, and there's right. a mile in between both shipping lanes. By the way, it's pretty interesting. And then I don't know what their what the width of the lane is, but you know, <coughs> so they have incoming and outgoing. With uh, with whales being tr- like transient and pretty much loners, if are they. Do they have a way of communicating, and are they smart enough to like let each other know that like, something could be happening over here? Yes, yeah, so they they definitely do communicate with other whales. Um, they do that with some behaviors like breaching. Um, that we see them do um, peck slapping, where they their pectoral flippers are um, about sixteen feet long, the longest of any um, whale species, and that actually and they rotate almost three hundred and sixty degrees. So they can really spin and flip. That's why when they come up out of the water, they can spin their bodies because of those um, pectoral flippers. And we see them often slapping them on the surface of the water. Now, that sound travels miles Mm. underneath the water. And that's one way they communicate or slapping their tails. Um, They also communicate through sound. 
And I'm sure, you know, humpback whales are actually um, famous for the songs that they sing, which are um, actually really, um, really complicated. They're really complex. They're, they're actually like write songs. Um, I don't know much about like music, but uh, um, humpback whale songs are very interesting because only the males will sing the song. And there's one male in a, in a feeding ground, like that's an individual population, one male in that feeding ground will compose a song. And all the males in that feeding um, population will sing the same song. And sometimes they'll sing it for 20 minutes, or uh, the song can be 20 minutes long, and sometimes they'll sing for hours at a time. And we often see them singing the songs on the, on the breeding grounds. And so, like, scientists believe that that's a way that they can attract meats. And do um, I read this when we were originally looking into this story. Do the songs change over time? Yeah, so each each season, a new song will be composed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they is it always the same whale that composes the song? That's a good question. I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess if that whale is still, like, the, uh, the head whale, <laughs> the <laughs> alpha whale... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's very interesting because one whale will will be the one that composes the song, yeah. and all the others sing the same. Something I'm I'm thinking about while we're talking about uh, these whales, especially um, humpbacks that you know are kind of loners, that they still do communicate and have at least in some way these social bonds. Um, I've read that certain species of whales will beach themselves if they think they're sick to maintain the health of their pod. And I'm just wondering now um, if that is something that could be happening, whether it's like Kachmar said, is there a virus or maybe these whales might believe they have a virus um, Are humpback whales known to do that, to beach themselves, to kind of separate them. Um, from the population. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, I don't think humpback whales are. I know other the whales that are that live in those large pods. You know, um, sometimes that can happen with them, where you see like mass strandings, where one goes maybe because it's sicker, and then the others follow. Um, but I don't think that that's a, a, a typical thing for humpback whales. Okay. Um. So they don't. They don't travel in packs. They communicate via sound. Do you know how good a humpback whale's sound or hearing is? Oh, that's a good. That's a really good question. Um, they hear. They communicate and hear at very low frequencies, and they can hear for um, from what I believe to be miles underneath underneath the water. Can so you, their can sound you hear travels the sound far. Them singing. Yeah, you can actually. You can hear it. It's very. It's described as um as kind of haunting. It's. It's low, like um, like moans and grunts, and uh, it's it's th- you can de- you can definitely hear it. And um, there's like um, scientists and that are in acoustics and all that actually are really studying the communication of humpback whales and the sounds, and it's it's really fascinating. Would would you describe it like? Would you say it's pretty, like the sound? Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily listen to it, like, you know, on my, on my phone. Like, you can hear, you can, there's, like, um, you know, recordings of the sounds. But I actually heard it once. I heard the whale make the sound once. And it was just kind of like a, mm, like, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's actually, re- it's very different from dolphins who have that very high-pitched kind of clicking. So the humpback whales are much, much lower, and deeper. Slow. Yeah. Do, do they do com- any communicating outside of just the singing? 
Well, yes, they do Other make than sounds. Other like the slapping. Okay. Right, so they, they do make sounds. So they, they make the sounds by blowing air through their blowhole. Okay. And, then, you know, another interesting thing about how they, they do, even though they're kind of solitary, they do work together, like, in the breeding ground, um, in the feeding grounds, rather, where they do um, bubble net feeding. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Where, is that where they swim in a circle yeah. to kind of corral the fish? Yeah. Wow. And they and do that. They do that in the Gulf of Maine. Actually, I can't wait to get up there to see it myself in person. But um, so it really just that's actually um, it's not an innate behavior. It's a learned behavior. Not all humpback whales do it. So that shows you how they communicate. They teach one another. They work together. And one again, there's a lead whale that directs them all. And they start swimming in that pattern, blowing out bubbles. Do you think that that might be because that's something that's very common with dolphins, right? About working together, the, the that specific type of uh, hunting, the the bubble circling. circling, they do that, they do that all the time. Yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm wondering if that's something that like a clever humpback like picked up from a group of dolphins <laughs> at some point, you know. Well, the well the bubble the bubble net feeding is a little bit different because it actually they all swim together in a pattern right with one lead whale um, leading it and they blow bubbles through their blowhole and it starts forming the shape of a P. Mm -hmm. They blow all these bubbles into the water to kind of confuse and and the the bait fish and corral them closer and closer in a bigger bait ball. And then once the, the lead whale thinks that they're tight enough, he gives the signal and they all lunge up at the same time with their mouths open and, and eat the fish. Have you ever seen that? I haven't seen it in person. Because it, it only happens up in Maine? It happens in the Gulf of Maine okay. and the other feeding grounds, yeah, in Canada and Greenland. But That's got to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to get out there to see yeah. it for sure. So, so Trish, the, these whales that all came uh, on shore... Uh, maybe you said, are they all males or females? And what do you generally see? Like all when we see in the summertime, are they predominantly males or fifty-fifty female males? Or so what? What has been coming up, and what's the general mix usually? Yeah, um, I think well, we have just an equal mix of males and females in the area. The ones that uh, that stranded. I, I think it's, um, I, think it's I don't think it's predominantly one or the other. I think it's 50-50. I know they're okay. predominantly younger, sub-adults, although there was the one that washed up on Lido Beach in New York. Um, the, that whale was named Luna. He's a very, very well-known whale. He's been in our area for 40 years. They've oh been observing God. him for 40 years in the area, and he was one of the, one of the whales that stranded recently. Wow. So does he always stick around here, or he also follows a migration pattern? Yeah, they all will follow the migration pattern. It's just whether they they stop in our area and hang out for a while or continue on to their feeding grounds. But Luna um, belonged to the Gulf of Maine feeding ground, I believe, and they've been seeing him for 40 years. But, of course, they have to go through here to get there. You know, it's further north from us. I didn't know I didn't know that the, uh, one of the whales was a known whale. Um, yeah. Was he catalog? Catalogs? Mm -hmm. I believe he's in the Gulf of Maine catalog. But not the New York one? Um, I'm not I'm not sure. I no, I don't think I'm I'm actually not sure. Oh. All I know is um for sure is that they've been that he they, he's been known to um, you know, researchers studying the whales for forty years now. So he's been frequenting our waters for forty years. You said that the the whales Wanted to remove barnacles because they want to be hydrophobic, but I noticed all the uh, the notches uh, on their ch on its chin and, yeah. and like the fins. That could are be kind from of, a giant squid. Are kind of rough. <laughs> is that just a representation of barnacles, or is, is that a they eat that so giant? Yeah, asking what her predator predators are. <laughs> Actually, these bumps here on the top of the rostrum, these are called tubercles, 
And they're about the size of a golf ball. And inside each one of these, is there's that, one hair follicle. Is it the ones on the lower jaw too? There's some tubercles on the lower jaw as well. So that's its hair, technically? So yeah, it's like it's like a hair follicle. Yeah, you can see it there in the picture. Uh-huh. Um, and each one, if you uh, there's a little arrow pointing down, and that's where you can see the little hair. It's a very fine hair, and they believe it's used for like sensory perception. Yeah, there's a hair in there. So almost like a whisker. Yes, exactly. And, you know, and they are mammals, so yeah, they, they really do have hair at some point in their life. And then you see those circles there are the scars left from the uh, from the barnacles. Wow, that off. perfect circle. Is yeah. from a, that looks like graffiti. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. It looks like also it could just be one of the the, the hairs. The so so Trish, other killer whales. The, what's their um their predators? Predators. So that's a, that's a good question. Um, they we know that humpback whales do come in contact with killer whales at some point in their lives, and it's interesting because the killer whales like to like to nibble on the dorsal fin of the humpback whales. So we see some humpback whales that have like you know notches taken out of their dorsal fin or or with no dorsal fin at all, but. The killer whales are not really big enough to actually. Maybe a young humpback whale they could um, could fall prey to a killer whale, but not a full grown one. So really, the only um, predators, so to speak, like would be humans, would be anthropogenic causes. So the you giant know. squid don't eat them. No, <laughs> no. Those right. movies. Really those movies. Really hoping that was They true. don't have any predators. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah. I mean, their 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 biggest threats are, are humans by wow. by our our behaviors, what we do. With the sh- you know getting caught entangled in fishing nets and vessel strikes and pollution, that that's really their biggest threats because we don't have whaling anymore. So that of course when you know whaling was going on, yeah. we so really decimated it, the population. So let me ask you, this, you know, this in March now coming up next month in uh, March and April, you get a, a huge amount of um, harbor seals. I think they're harbor seals, seals that come into yeah. the area. And I've seen thousands of them. You know, I mean, I used to go down to. Um, uh, what's the inlet below Barnegan Inlet? It's um, Little Egg Township, Little, Little Egg Harbor. Harbor, and there's a um, uh, Robert Wood Johnson, I think, has a, a center there, and they're all up in there. Do you guys go? Uh, you know, do you guys follow that? Because they they migrate here until like June, and they're out of here. But there's a lot of them. Yeah, I see them in the bay a lot. So what's the, what's the story on that? Do you deal so, with that too? Well, you know, um, there's actually a lot of seals um, up in Sandy Hook, yeah. and they're out in the rocks out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for us, for our boat, it's too far. Like you have, once you get up to the hook, you have to go way in inside the bay oh, to get okay. to the seals. So for us, it's not really, it's not cost effective to go. But I, I know in Long Island, they do run um, seal trips, which is really cool. They, you know, they they just have different, you know, different yeah, terrain, yeah, um, yeah. different marine environment where they can yeah. easily access where I, the seals are. I, I'll start in March if I can, if the weather's nice, to go um, <coughs> for clamming, and I'll go out near the inlet, and I see tons of them all lined up, you know. And then, uh, but once I went down to Little Egg Harbor, and it was just amazing. There's probably I probably had about three, four hundred of them, and they all clear out of here when the sharks come in June. <laughs> it's really that's that's when you know the sharks are here. When you know, yeah. You know, Did the, you hear about the seal and brick? No, no, no. Yes, yesterday the seal was uh, a little confused and was crossing Route 35 <laughs> in brick. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. I, I, so to hear. I was so right here. around there. Like I, I deliver pizzas over there. That could have been like. Well, wow. I just they put the signs up uh, up in Spring Lake. They just put them up. And they say, you know, seal uh, crossing. Be, no, be, <laughs> you know, don't mess with the seals. Right. Actually, it's a big fine. Yeah. You don't, and you got to stay away from them because you know they're they're tired, right. and they come up on the beach and they tell you don't mess with them, mm-hmm. leave them alone. And I think they could probably you know 
take your foot right off if they want. Yeah, you know, they, so. they have some sharp teeth, but it, it's really yeah. important to, uh, that's a little squirt there, spy hopping. That's, oh, that's when they come picture. up and they look around. They're, you actually can see his eyes and he's checking us out on the boat. Oh, wow. That was the first day that we saw him back this past season. So that's, he'll called, just, that's called spy hopping? Yeah, he'll just like Spy float. hopping, yeah, that's spy and hopping. And keep his head up like that? They don't. They, they stay up for a little bit and come back down, but they're literally coming up to see what's going on above water. So, like, like they're actually like taking like a little survey. Yeah, yeah. Huh. They're they're actually exploring the environment above the above. I wonder the like water. what's going through their head when I they know. see a what boat or, or like when they get close enough to the shore where they can like kind of see like yeah. the lights of the pier or something. They're like, what is that other world? Some mm. whales are really curious about us. Some whales come. It's it's what they call mugging. And that's when a whale comes really close to the boat. Like we've had like wh where the whales, you know, when they exhale and they have that spray, like people have gotten sprayed <laughs> with, with the water from the surface of their blowhole. And, and uh, when, when they're that close, obviously we turn the engines off because, you know, we don't want to accidentally harm them. But they'll come and, and check us out and swim under the boat. And, you know, I, I remember my rookie year up on the beach. Um, a humpback whale was was breaching out like right right off the sandbar, so two of my senior guards took a a boat out and rowed next to it, and they could have like reached out and touched it with an oar. They got so close, yeah, and it was kind of just chilling there, like checking them out. Do I want to get the video uh, that I showed you? Uh, can we do that? Is that a brown? No, but uh, the picture that you took of him is it on YouTube? Uh, I, I, I emailed yeah. it to you. Oh, okay, right. okay. Um, what no, but it, it's of you, and it, uh, I wanted to ask you the question: Was was the picture w when you saw Jesse on the uh, the rescue board? For uh, everyone that doesn't know, Trish got an amazing picture of our friend Jesse next to a whale, and uh, which is also you uploaded into this yeah. Google Drive. I saw it. Um, Trish that, added it too. Were you were you uh, paddleboarding before that, or did that was that a part? Was that that inspire you? Oh, so yeah, so I went out paddleboarding that day. Um, that was a really interesting day. It was very calm, you know, and uh, I knew there was a lot of bait fish around because actually our fishing boat was this there. Is a, this is a great picture, by the way. What an yeah. what an incredible picture this is. That was amazing. You know, just out there, the whales were just here lunge feeding, and yeah, just I, I managed to catch that shot. So were you paddleboarding like this fish. day? or, or yeah. No, no, that day with Jesse Brown was over the summer. The day that I was paddleboarding and the whale was in the area that day was um, was Columbus Day actually. Okay. So yeah. Like October or. Yeah. Yep. That was in October. So I was just out there paddleboarding and the whale just you know came around and there was wait, the wait. fishing boats were there. There was a lot of guys out on kayaks fishing. Where and, Where uh, is this picture at? Where, give me what, what's in the background here. Is that I land? think that's just like distortion. no. That's um yeah. It's it's, it's blurry. What's that? Was it? There's a a. a Marker there. That's Atlantic City. That, no, that's that's no. England, Cashmore. No, 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 no. no. It's a marker. I mean, it looks like <laughs> somebody was. I mean, no. It, that might be like a weather buoy or something right there. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't get this, it. This I think is just the horizon. You don't yeah. remember? Is that is that your is that you on the panel? Yeah, board? yeah. You don't I, remember? No, where that was? I know there was a boat. There was a boat out there. I I, I don't know what that is. That's actually. probably fishing. They probably had a gill net. Yeah. Was this a humpback that you got next to? Yeah. So that was a humpback. Um. Actually, you know, you're you're actually not allowed to approach marine mammals. Like, you can't get within a hundred. You're supposed to stay a hundred feet away from them. But not if they come to you. Right, but right. So you you obviously don't want to get in their way. But um, this humpback whale was uh, oftentimes came up. Like I didn't always know where he was, but he always knew where I was. Hmm. 
you know, and like you can see, like he was actually coming up behind me, like I was in front of the whale, and I heard the blow, and I turned around, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> were were you nervous? Oh wow. Oh, you gotta lower that a little. Yeah. Yeah. So this was so when. Um, I went around the fishing boat. Miss Belmore was down there fishing. And as I came around the front, on the other side were the kayakers that were fishing. And I heard someone calling out. That was my son's math, science te math teacher, <laughs> which was, like, so funny to bump into him, like, there. So this is the video he took. So she, you, she had to, that's a treble. She had a hook that you throw that in there and grab the uh, bunker. Foul hook him with that hook. Oh, he got that's a huge that, fish that day. They were getting right. And you throw it into the bunker and you go, and you grab it and then you put it in your live <laughs> what well. What sound do you make? Yeah. And <laughs> then you then you put him on another uh, hook, a big hook, and throw it in there and you catch stripers. They got huge, huge stripers that day. That's yeah. incredible. The, first, the beginning of the year, you get 40 pounders. And there was the whale coming up behind me, yeah. That must wow. be so cool to be that close in it, the middle. It was it. amazing. It really was. Um, yeah. Very exciting. You know how many people come up to me on the lifeguard stand on the north end and go, is that lady out there okay <laughs> when you're on your, <laughs> your paddleboard? Yeah, you guys like, know I love... You should go get her. <laughs> Do I really go out that far? That's what they uh, say. I mean, to the, to the bennies, it looks like you're, you know, on your way across the ocean. Sometimes I worry if you guys are going to get mad at me, but, <laughs> you know... I trust you, you guys. Get, you you gifted us two great lifeguards. So <laughs> it's the least we could do is let you do what you want. Oh, as long thank you. I'm with, working within on a reason, third. Within reason. I'm working on a third. We can't wait. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully we got to get him suit. involved. Yeah, definitely. Is he a junior lifeguard now? How old is he? Yeah, he, he just turned 15. Okay. And he's starting doing JLG again. When's his birthday? Oh, he's coming back? He just, the return? His birthday just was just it. a few days ago, the 24th. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the return of Joey to JLGs? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. He, we want him to follow in his brother's footsteps for sure. Good. Just be Keep like, you're, you're doing at least one year, kid. I get sand between your toes. <laughs> That's all it takes, right? Yeah. No, I, I love I love them working there. You know, I love the Beach Patrol. You guys are awesome. Oh, we, we do our best. We try. You do yeah. a good job. Great job. <sighs> Safest you. beach on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's also what our friend Peggy says. Yeah. You know oh, Peggy? Peggy? You know Peggy, of right? Of course I know Peggy. I'm dying to get Peggy in here. <laughs> oh, Peggy's a incredible. big whale lover. She was at the rally. Oh, she, uh, she so, Oh, yeah. She um, was right front and center. I don't know about these guys. I got to get going within the next 10 minutes. Yeah, we're, we, we could, we could pack but, in. But um, before, before we get out of here, tell us about that rally a little bit, um, what the goal is, and kind of, you know, why you're trying to spread awareness about this issue before we wrap up. Okay, so very quickly, um, it was um, after these whales started washing up, it was, you know, in January, uh, after the sixth one, you know, I was really concerned, and I was like, this something's, like, really wrong, like, I, but I don't know what to do. I felt, even though I work, you know, on a whale watching boat, I didn't know what to do. And a woman reached out to me on Messenger, and she said she wanted to have a rally on World Whale Day to raise awareness, and we quickly started talking and, th and that was our focus. We felt like um, a lot of people don't know what's going on here at the shore and, you know, about all these whales dying. And, you know, we, we felt like, you know, we needed to sound the alarm and make people aware what was going on. So that's why we, um, we reached out to the mayor, Point Pleasant, who um, just, you know, opened, gave us the green light to hold the rally there. And at first we didn't really have, I was going to speak about the whales and we had one other speaker. The mayor wasn't even going to be there. And then, you know, kind of unfortunately, right before the rally on February 13th, 
whale number seven washed up right in Manasquan, like right, right along where we were going to hold this rally. And there was a lot of press coverage. And then, you know, like word just really got out. People like we had all the speakers want to come, like the congressmen come and speak. And we actually had to turn speakers away. And where we originally thought we were going to have maybe 50 people come. I mean, <laughs> we were just amazed at that. It was a big crowd. It was a huge crowd. Like some people say it was about a thousand people there, wow. which was really amazing to see that came out to support the whales and to raise awareness to what's happening to the whales. And that, and that's, that's really our focus because they're so important to our environment mm -hmm. and they're so important to our oceans. And we really need to, we really need to do whatever we can to help save them and find out Absolutely. what's causing these deaths and what we need to do to stop it. And, because and we need the whales and work together to figure that all out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fingers and try to push blame on each other. Yeah. You know, get the right people on the job. And right. Figure it out. This is. Yeah. I mean, this is not this is not a political issue. This is an environmental issue. Mm -hmm. There's something drastically wrong with with our marine mammals, especially the whales. And, you know, um, if we don't have whales, we don't have life on on planet Earth. You know, we need healthy oceans to live and we need the whales to give us healthy oceans. So we all really need to be concerned and to work together to find out what's going on and to work to to stop it. To help, we have to save, save our whales. And as a matter of fact, that's why I named the rally wasn't Save the Whales. It's not just the whales. The whales could be in Canada or in Alaska. Like, no, these are our whales. Like, these are whales like that we talked about that frequent our waters every summer. And, and we have a responsibility to protect them. Sean, what about... Yeah. Whales' lives matter too. <laughs> Is that do. too political? Well, that's See, I'm, I'm political. bad. I don't See, like that. I, I, yeah. <laughs> that's rough. No. No, no, Trish, no. Trish, you should be on my scrubbing up. We get real political. No, so. I, I, I <coughs> no, went but over I, that chant. Well, I think that I think that I think that I think that a point is w w well made. There's a lot. I'm uh, I was a biology major, and you know they they teach you, and, and you get an idea, a sense that the whole world, everything's connected, and you know the, one, uh, the uh, you know one uh, species adds on to next. Like in other words, like like a good example, the r Amazon rainforest would not exist if it wasn't for the Sahara Desert, which wouldn't exist if there wasn't a big ocean there. Which, it, it which like the, there was the, shellfish the and dust plumes like supply the nutrients. Right, right, for yeah. And that, that comes from Amazon. And when you're in the Caribbean, I see it in right in like June, the wind changes and you start getting like I, I remember waking up uh, once and it was like this yellow stuff all over the place. And I'm like, is that pollen? And the guy goes, No, that's that's from the Sahara Desert. I go, get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's all the way across the ocean. And you know, so there everything adds on to everything else, you know? And uh, what was really sad and, uh, you know, was the, the when, before oil was discovered, most of the oil in the world was used whale, for, for whale, light, blubber. What, whale blubber, for right. li, um, oil, heating, and, and uh, light, li, you know, lights. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, thank God. I know they still fish them. I think, what's that, Greenpeace? What's the one that go after them? Uh, uh, you know, they still, the Japanese, don't they still harvest right. them? Right, I think it's Mickey still... Mickey whales, I think Japanese they eat them? and Greenland are, like, the only places they, that I know. They eat them, don't they? Greenland, it's like a like a uh, traditional thing about yeah. fishing and yeah. right. coming the to indigenous age. people. Yeah. Some, some are allowed to hunt them, the indigenous people, yeah. because yeah. of their culture, and mm -hmm. they use all, the entire whale. Yeah. Well, anyway. I, uh, I just, I like what you said about save our whales, because, you know... When we're talking about uh, a planet and like an environmental like system that's so delicately balanced that has to do with everything going on all at once, it's easy to forget that the only way 
to get to where we need to go is to buy f- by focusing on like right in front of us right. tending our own garden exactly you know like mow your lawn then eventually like everyone else will make the neighborhood look pretty right exactly um good point so we really appreciate you coming on here and what you're doing about yes, this, this. Was fantastic um Thank we you. Are, yeah you. yeah uh super informative we appreciate you giving birth to two, hopefully three amazing Seaside Heights lifeguards. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for yes. coming on. And I just want to say um, we're starting a website. It's going to be saveourwhales.org where there's going to be a lot of information about whales and the other marine life in our area and links to uh, information about what's going on. So look for that. Yeah, we will right. be happy to update uh, all of our listeners on that when, when it's all ready to go. So yeah. just keep us in touch. And okay. you're welcome back anytime. Thank, Thank you for you. coming on. Thank right, you. Sign us pleasure. out. My pleasure. Sign us out. Stay uh, out and stay, stay alive. alive. Oh, we didn't. We would, the she one does. We <laughs> wouldn't have had to explain it to. <laughs> go ahead. Finish it up. All right. We're out. Later, guys. Did you know that?